Welcome back, everyone, to the Rising Action Podcast. I am one of your hosts who wasn't here last week, Grayson. And with me is piss boy Josh Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> That's never not going to be funny. It's pretty great. And unfortunately, little shit. Uh, Seth is not isn't here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, dude, I listened to that back, and I could not believe that that made it into an actual episode that got posted on the internet. Yeah, I know it's pretty great. Like, <laughs> that's the best thing that's ever come out of this podcast. I was watching. I hope everybody knows. I that. was listening to the reel because I haven't had time to listen to the full episode, and I was like, I was like, where is this going? And then I just, I was like, there we go. <laughs> Stuck it the goes landing. nowhere. <laughs> it went nowhere. Yeah, it's true, but it's kind of great. Um, this week, on our main episode, we are talking about structuring stories, and I am quite the novice, so Josh here is going to give me a little lesson, and therefore also everyone listening, uh, about about structuring stories, uh, because he is also himself... Uh, an in-progress author um, or just an author. I don't know how you label that. Do you have to come out with a book to be an author or do you just have to work on something? I don't know. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know. but uh, apparently there's a lot to it. So I don't even know where to start other than structuring. Where if one, where do you start? Where, like if one is trying to structure a story, what do they need to know from the basis? And then let's get to maybe the nitty gritty. Yeah. So <clears throat> typically uh, people when writing um, kind of default towards one kind of uh, style, I guess, of structuring writing uh, or the other. So typically people will either be more of a pantser or more of an outliner. So a pantser is somebody who just kind of sits down um, and puts their main character in an interesting situation and kind of like writes their way out of it. Um, Stephen King is notorious for doing that, for um, literally like not knowing where he's going. He has no clue what the end of his story is. And he's written obviously a ton. He's super prolific. So it works for him. Um, and he's, you know, he's quoted as saying things like, you don't ever want to outline a story because then you end up writing it twice. Uh, and it's not exciting when you actually end up writing it. Um, and then there's the kind of other extreme, which is outlining. Um, and that is where you basically plan everything. Uh, and I think probably one of the better examples I've seen for this and something I've had to sort of add into my own writing process, because I'm naturally more of a pantser than I am an outliner, but I'm not extreme one or the other. I kind of have to do a little bit of both for it to work. So I think the best example of an outline is typically in some form of like a three act structure, some of that vanilla stuff you would have probably learned in like college or high school or found in a book somewhere. But you do something like that. Um, typically, you'll kind of plan out general, I guess, scenes or chapters, or if it's a screenplay, it's just you're going to be having scenes and you're going to try and fit it into, you know, your first act, you want to introduce um, what's going on. You want to introduce your protagonist. You want to introduce their status quo, get them to start moving, uh, whether it be, you know, in some cases it's more plot driven. In some cases it's more character driven, but you want to get them moving in a direction, I guess. Um, 
<clears throat> and then you want to kind of get to a point where you have a little bit of a dilemma that they've got to push through. And then um, they ultimately will push through it. It's some kind of, you know, initial challenge to deal with. And then you break into act two where um, your main character typically will do. A, and it's really fun to me. It's it's this phase where they call it fun and games uh, where mm -hmm. your protagonist or um, your protagonist's friends, uh, they kind of just like go around and do um, kind of like what their quote unquote superpowers are, what they've learned so far. So like in a Marvel film, it's, you know, they're going to kick some other like lower villains, but they're teaming up. They're like forming a team. Mm. Um, everything is going good. Like the going is nice. They're kicking tail. They're having fun. It's typically where, like, in a comedy film, like, some of the funniest uh, scenes are. Um, in an action film, it's where your protagonist is, like, actually crushing people. Mm -hmm. um, in A Hero's Journey, it's where they're not really struggling with an antagonist. They're exploring um, their own abilities and kind of, like, growing those right. and learning from their mentor or whatever, whatever it is. And then you get to... Uh, a more a, a further problem I guess to have to figure out and that leads you into act three where you have the you know huge rising and falling action which you know rising action look at that that's that's just brilliant I wonder Fantastic. how we came up with that yeah I know crazy <laughs> <laughs> uh, you get into your rising action where you've got uh, like you know all is all is lost kind of thing you get the moment when the protagonist faces the, the antagonist and it looks like they're going to lose. And um, some books call it like the dark of the moon moment. Some books call it the all is lost moment. Uh, but it's the moment when everything hits the fan and it looks like there's no hope for them. Mm -hmm. uh, and typically they will pull on a lesson that they have learned throughout the story. And, and that will be kind of like in a twist or in perhaps like a predictable uh, moment, they'll, they'll figure out like, oh, we can, you know, solve this problem and uh, they'll defeat the antagonist and then you have like following action after that. And uh, that's like the basic super vanilla three act structure. Right. And typically an outliner will plug a story into a structure like that. So um, they'll create their world or have their, their main character. They'll have, um, you know, they'll build up everything and kind of plug it all in. And then they'll also sort of have a timeline of events and they'll plan their scenes out and they'll break those scenes into, uh, you know, if it's a screenplay, they'll stop there and they'll just have their X number of scenes. Or if it's a novel, they'll kind of fit it into chapters and they'll have like three scenes to a chapter or however many scenes they want to have in a chapter. Um, and then they kind of like, organize it based on, you know, where it needs to fit and where it all needs to go to kind of fit into that structure. And then, you know, that way they create their story, whereas pantsers kind of figure it out as they go. But, you know, with pantsing, there still is a structure to it, but it's more of a, like an instinct than it is pre-planned or right. anything like that. Yeah. So it's interesting. Something kind of dawned on me as you mentioned the all hope is lost part. And I, I guess I never realized like that is pretty common, especially you mentioned like Marvel movies and something that I'm very familiar with. But I also did that short film a few weeks ago and there's literally in the script yeah. in like the 
the screenplay we had, the, one of the scenes is like in parentheses, all hope is lost. It's like the the moment where the character's like, oh my god, there's nothing I can do, you know. Uh, and then they cr- kind of like rise from that, but even in the end, they still lost. So then that's sometimes a thing. Some, like that made me think it's like, oh, like yeah. that was what that was the kicker of like Infinity War, for example, where they had a oh crap, all hope is lost, and they're like, oh wait, Thor came in and he's gonna get. Nope. <laughs> and you're like, well, um, yeah. you could almost look at Infinity War as like a case study in, an, in a hero's journey, but from Thanos's perspective instead right. of the Avengers, mm-hmm. which is that's the subversion is you think the story is about the Avengers. You think that it's their hero's journey, but it's really not. It's Thanos's mm-hmm. hero's journey. And if you look at it that way. Thanos has a very vanilla three-act structure mm-hmm. of a hero's journey. Yep. Um, but the subversion is nobody thinks that's what's actually happening. Right. But when he wins and everybody's like, oh, my God, what the crap? It's really not all that surprising yeah, because he's it. been the hero of the story the whole time. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So that was a very interesting uh, revelation to me. Um, but obviously, like, because, of again, you mentioned high school and college, like, writing classes or even, like, fifth grade English, you know, that there's also, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, would probably be more preferred for most people would be, like, there, a, a higher act structure. Um, so three is yeah. basic. What is generally more popular or, like, more preferred, I guess? I, you know, it kind of depends on who you're talking to and also what they're writing. So, you know, I'll approach it from the novel perspective. I know we talk about movies a lot on here mm-hmm. and movies. I mean, they totally vary. You can really pare down every story to three acts. Right. Because um, there's typically like that's sort of the backbone. And then they could break out into six acts or five acts. But really like the six or five are kind of like sub acts of the main three, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. So that's what I figured. More often than yeah, more often than not, you'll sort of have like a you'll have an outline, especially with those that outline a ton. So like I'll use Brandon Sanderson for example. I don't know if you ever heard of him or not. Yeah. Um, he's a super popular fantasy author, and he's on YouTube, and he actually does um, classes. He posts his classes from BYU on YouTube, and you actually can go watch them. Um, and they're really cool. And he, I mean, it's a graduate level college class Mm. on creative writing, specifically with sci-fi and fantasy in mind. So, um, he is a huge outliner. And so he, he uses outlining to help him be a more prolific author, Mm -hmm. uh, because he puts out massive novels really quickly. Um, and he does it because he just makes an outline and he sticks to it. And his outlines typically tend to kind of all fall back into some form of a three-act structure. Um, But he kind of will like, he'll play with it a little bit. And you'll notice a lot of seasoned writers, whether it be in TV, film, uh, novels, short stories, novellas, they kind of all come back to the same structure, but they'll be tweaked a little bit. Um, So, you know, maybe like, you know, with an infinity war, that was a classic three act structure, but it was tweaked. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you reading it, you watching it, whatever you didn't expect it. And so 
from that sense, you're like, oh, this is something I've never seen before, but we've seen it a hundred thousand times. It was just slightly different. So, um, they'll, they'll kind of like tweak the order of events maybe, or kind of like, um, you know, if you have a, a larger story, sometimes you can pair off, like, let's say you want your fun and games to have a sub act in there somewhere where they're off kicking butt, taking names, but maybe you want in that scenario another challenge to arise that they've got to deal with but it's like really minor and it's not Mm -hmm. it's not really worth mentioning in your main acts but it's something that it could help them learn something help your protagonist uh get you know get something that they'll use later but it, it it tends to come down to like the very basic of it is you build up to a peak in the first act and then you kind of like have a little bit of falling action and then you start building up to another peak in the second act the second act is typically a lot longer it's the longest of the acts and it's the middle it's the dreaded middle it's sometimes tough to get through when you're writing but you build up to your peak in the second act and then you have a steep drop um where you are going into the third act and you have your all is lost moment and then there's again you're building back up to another peak but at this peak, you have resolution and you have catharsis. Or in some cases, you have no catharsis. You see this a lot with A24 films where um, structurally, it's built where there's those three builds, if you will. Um, but then perhaps they may not give you catharsis at the end of it. And you're like, you know, The Lighthouse, for example, a movie we talk about here on here a lot. Yeah. It doesn't really have any catharsis. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't know really much of anything leaving it, but it's got kind of a mini three-act structure in there. Um, but the movie is fairly short, so if you were to like plot that movie out by events, it would it would not take you a super long time because there's right. just not. I mean, it's like an hour and a half movie or something. So you know, even stories like that, they'll play with it a little bit or try and subvert it in some way to kind of build your expectations up for something just based on your intuition from what you've seen before. We all watch movies. We all read books. You know, you kind of build up a, a natural, I guess, inner prediction Mm -hmm. of what's going to happen just because you watch movies. Like, you know, if you watch a ton of movies, you can generally predict what's going to happen. And the ones where you really can't predict what happened or it surprised you, those are the ones that stick with you because that, vanilla structure was subverted somehow or they tweaked something or or maybe they made you think that based on how it was structured that you were going to be watching this one person be the hero or this one person be the villain but in the end they flip it and make you think that one person is somebody else and this is something else but if you were to go back and deconstruct it you would realize that oh wait a minute they they structured it soundly for this person to be this and this person to be that uh, and you just never really saw it because they set your expectations up to to think something else or to want something else kind of thing. Yeah, as you were talking about that, it made me think of like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for some reason, where like a movie where I was like, oh, like it didn't necessarily go in a direction that I thought it was going to go and it stuck with me more, but you could still boil it down to like, I think at face value, you're, you're like, oh, Leo's character is like the main guy, but really it feels more like Cliff Booth uh, played by... Uh, yeah. like um, Brad Pitt is kind of the more central focus. But a question that I have is, is there like, 
and this this probably is a, a naive question to ask, but for the sake of conversation, let me like I'll ask it. Is there a set act structure that one must follow? Like, is it like a list of like, okay, you've got a three, you've got a five, you've got a six, you've got a ten, like, or can you really like, depending on your story and what you're trying to achieve, have as many acts as you need, right? Like, I'd imagine three is probably the bare minimum, but I'm sure you could really break it down into an into a very high amount of acts if um, if you really wanted to. Like, is that true or you know? Yeah, you could totally do that. Um, I mean, you can... Storytelling is so floozy because you can honestly do whatever you want yeah. as long as you know why you're doing it. Mm. Um, you, you'll get in trouble, and I've done this before so many times. You get in trouble when you try things, but you don't really know why you're doing it. Or, you know, I, I tend to pants. So I'll sit down and just kind of like write a scene and then write another scene to follow up that scene and then write another scene to follow up that scene. And all of a sudden I've written three chapters mm-hmm. where nothing is going in a direction that I thought it was. And I've written myself into a weird corner and I don't know how to get out of it. Um, so you really don't want to put yourself in a spot where you're, you don't know where you're going and you don't know what you're doing. So it, it really doesn't matter if you do 12 acts, six, three, 37, as long as you know, like, okay, I need my protagonist to, at some point, they've got to show why that the person watching a reading should care about them. At some point, they need to encounter difficulty and either push through it or subvert the expectation of them succeeding with them failing. Um, And at some point, I have to think that they are not as powerful as the end of the story will make me think they will be. So like you start out not super powerful at some point in the middle, they've got to show that they've grown and that they are more powerful. And at the end, they have to come up against a match of their power at that current state. And either they lose or they win depending on like the genre or what you're trying to do uh, with the story. But you know, those three general things will happen in every story, depending on how you structure it and it may kind of appear differently depending on how you do it, but it kind of all boils down to like a really simple bedrock. And then it doesn't matter how you tell it as long as you know what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. So with your, with your books specifically, or, you know, your projects that you've written, you say that you, you mostly pants as, which I find such a strange term, but I guess it comes from the (laughs) saying like fly by the seat of your pants, I guess. Like, um, yeah, yeah, it does. And, um, like, I mean, there has to be, there can't just be, I mean, I guess there could, but there can't just be like no outlining if you're trying to seriously plot out like a, like a story, right. Unless, unless you're really just like, Hey, I've got this concept and I'm just going to write and just come up with stuff as I go, which typically I feel like would end up being worse for wear if you did not have a plan like for example i have a story idea uh like two story ideas set within like marvel and star wars and like the star wars one i have outlined like i I did it in like a five act structure um Mm -hmm. which may be irregular i'm not sure but like i was like okay i know it like you know this first act which will be kind of developing these characters and their relationship and the second act kind of being like you know the fun and fun and games thing right like 
kind of, again, probably progressing their relationship more, but all the while they're not, you know, going through much struggle, maybe, maybe some tiny struggles. And then the third one being like, you know, a big turning point in the story. And the fourth being kind of a more fun in games, but it's building up to that climax, you know, like it's very close to that. And then the fifth act being the climax and then kind of the final like ending part of the story. But like I made the details, like I, I have specific story points in the story that like, yes, this needs to happen. This needs to happen. But getting there to each, like I don't have planned. And so, you know, you said, I believe it was Stephen King, you know, says it doesn't make it fun. And I would agree because I think realizing, oh, I have all this stuff planned out. It's like it takes the fun of like, oh, man, I can't wait to get to this point. And you're like, well, crap, I have to get there now. Um, so is that like I would probably just ask like seven different questions right there. <laughs> but <laughs> but like the, back to my original question of being if you want to make a competent story that really engages people, I feel like you can't just not have any planning unless you're just really lucky well yeah um it depends because i think you probably could i mean stephen king does it and he doesn't plan anything um and maybe he's just a story savant and he just has the world's best instincts Mm -hmm. or he innately knows what needs to happen when and it kind of guides him, even though he hasn't planned a single thing. Um, I feel like at some point you have to plan something. Right. And it, it, you know, like if I were to write a short story, I wouldn't plan anything at all. I would just yeah. sit down and write it. But also short stories are so small that like you really don't need to because you're yeah. not, I mean, you're not going to write yourself into a corner with a 6,000 word piece. Like they're just so small you don't really need to. With a novel... And with, you know, mine, I've written myself into corners multiple times and I've learned the really hard way that you kind of have to plan something. So, you know, I wrote a whole novel and scrapped 80% of it because it wasn't any good because I didn't plan anything. Um, And I kept, you know, the first, I guess, fourth of it. Um, Not even the first fourth, you know, the first 20% of it. And then wrote from there what I did have was a really good first act Mm -hmm. and I knew that the first act was compelling, but I had a really crappy second act and a non-existent third act. And so I, I knew that I had to rework it a little bit. And what I did was I wrote a decent second act and where I'm at now is I've gotten to a point where I'm getting into the third act and I've plotted the third act because that's probably the most important one. Yeah in terms of giving the reader viewer um, enjoyment, I think, because I think if you read or watch something and it wraps up in a really satisfying way, it doesn't matter how you got there as long as the end is satisfying. Like the end of a movie really dictates how much I'm going to enjoy that movie. If the ending stinks, I'm probably not going to enjoy the movie that much. Mm -hmm. If the movie is a total slog for two hours, but the last 30 minutes are amazing, I'm going to remember the last 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. So the th- the third act is super important. You know, I talked with Seth on the last episode we did that Whiplash is really cool to me just because they did the whole third act in one scene. Like, that is awesome. Yeah. They got all those plot beats in, you know, it was a long scene. It might have been a 15-minute on-screen scene, but they, they wrapped everything up in one scene, yeah. which is really cool. 
Um, and that's something you won't see. That's, that's another one of those like subverting what you would expect. Cause you know, nobody does that, but for that story, it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, for my novel, I, I got a good first act, a decent second act that I'm probably gonna have to go rewrite a bunch of things in. Cause I did kind of wander a little bit. Um, but I balanced a little bit of, I know, I know certain things need to happen. You know, Quentin Tarantino is famous for saying that, you know, planning is not super difficult because like with Kill Bill, he always knew. And in the end, somebody was going to kill Bill. Um, (laughs) So like there's some things that you just kind of inherently know are going to end up happening. And you don't know exactly how. Um, I don't know exactly how everything has happened, but you know, I sat down this past weekend because I want to finish up this third act and kind of nail the the character arcs and wrap up all these stories of all these different characters correctly. I kind of plotted out the whole third act, but I didn't really do any plotting for the first act or really for the second act. But um, I was also kind of getting caught in quicksand a little bit, so I needed to plan a little bit more. And so, you know, for me, since I naturally am a pantser, or I guess probably a nicer word is a gardener, Um, (laughs) somebody who just kind of like tends the garden instead of, you know, I guess planning everything to the nth degree. Since I naturally tend to do that, I allow myself room to do it a little bit, but I also need to give myself some boundaries of, you know, don't, don't go way out in right field because that's going to lead you to no man's land. You're going to end up cutting 20,000 words again. Yeah. Um, you know, creating fences in which I can garden. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember that the uh, Skyrim short story that you and I worked on. Oh yeah. That I that I started um, this one random night because I felt like writing that. And you mentioned short stories how you can just kind of just go at those and usually you don't really have to plan it out that much. And that was very much the case with that one because I remember. And of course I went back and you know incorporated more moments to help the the story come to fruition to feel like it had a conclusion um but that was like a thing i'm like okay here's the concept i'm gonna write it and so i I guess that answers the question of like you could theoretically do that with a book i mean like probably that's all how that's probably how all stories start off with a concept like i mean you, you know what was the they start with like a story seed or something yeah as some people call it where like was it C.S. Lewis who said it's just like he thinks of a picture and that's what it turns that turns yeah. into a story? That's how I operate. Like when I make a story, I think of one picture, at least most cases. And that story, that short story that I wrote, it was a guy standing at the bottom of an icy mountain. And I was like, oh, yeah, I yep. can make a story out of that. Um, so. So I don't know, I guess the answer lies in the fact that you can really just go either way, like there's no clear cut answer. Um, but even I you think even as you're whatever you want, yeah, like even as you're going, like you're still planning, like, but you're just not planning. Like it's not like yeah. some people just want to plan the whole thing beforehand, and that's probably the smarter way to do it. But it may be the less fun, the least fun way to do it, in my opinion, because then it's like, well, crap. Like you as a writer, I'd assume would want to also feel like you're going on this journey, you know, even as much as viewing or reading it. Um, So if you take that away, like, 
uh, I mean, you can still make it work. And by the end of it, you're going to feel probably satisfied, but still like it's going to be a lot cooler yeah. going along and being like, oh, I, I went on the journey with, with these characters because I wrote it as I was going sort of thing. Have you ever seen or heard of the YouTube Taylor Mowry? Um, I don't think so. So he's a, I guess, screenwriting craft um, YouTuber. Mm-hmm. And he did a YouTube video probably maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago now, um, where he wrote an entire screenplay in 24 hours, which is fascinating wow. because... Um, it was a full length, like, I don't know if he did a full 90 page. He probably did a 60 page screenplay in uh, 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And what was so cool about that video is he showed the process of him figuring out the story because he didn't start with anything. Mm-hmm. He didn't have an idea that he was going to do beforehand. He sat down, came up with an idea and wrote the story all in 24 hours. Um, and what was really cool and you know, it could work for a screenplay like that. That would probably never work for a full, you know, 60,000 word novel because it's just too big. Yeah. But for a screenplay, that kind of thing could, in theory, work if you know what you're doing. And this guy did. And if I remember right, basically what he did was he sat down and he figured out, okay, what genre am I going to write in? And I think he picked like sci-fi or something. Okay. Um, And then he just kind of picked kind of like sub-genre. I think it was like a a horror slash sci-fi suspense kind of story. And uh, he picked a setting. I think it was like, you know, Mars or something like that. Um, and he, he kind of developed some characters and he created obstacles within his characters of like, you know, this character believes this thing, this other character believes this thing that is in contrary to that other character and that's going to create tension and conflict at some point. Um and so he basically planned out like a, a basic three act structure, like really vanilla of, okay, who's my main character going to be? They're going to do this, 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 this. And he just kind of listed out what he's going to do on a whiteboard. And then he just sat down and wrote. And 24 hours later, he had a 60 page screenplay and I'm sure it was really rough and it was probably not something he would be sending to an agent or anything like that. Um, but he completed the story because he knew what he was doing and he was able to structure it and give himself a framework in order to, to do it. Um, and that kind of thing is really fascinating because I think probably if you were to take anything out of the episode, if you're writing something, whether it be a TV show, a short story, a limited series, a movie, a novel, like structure is probably not something you need to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. I think we hear about structure and you know, the three act, six act, five act, save the cat. Um, all these things are kind of like buzzwords for structuring stories. And sometimes we can look at them, myself included, and be like, I don't know where to start. And I don't really know what to do. And like, how do I know when to make my main character do this thing? And how do I know when to do X, Y, Z thing for my story? Yeah. And honestly, like you kind of have to do the wrong thing multiple times in order to figure out the right thing. I think there's a there's a, a kind of like an unwritten rule for novelists that you need to write a million words before you're a good novelist. Yeah. And that is a frick load of words. Um, but if you break that down, that's, you know, 
if you were to be a fantasy author and you write 150,000 word novels, I mean, you're going to write probably between five and 10 crappy novels before you're really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, And that doesn't mean you can't publish any of those novels. It just means that you're probably not going to be your best until you've written a million words. For screenplays, I don't think that there's like a threshold or anything like that of you've got to write this amount of words. But, you know, we all know that if you're going to be really good at something, you have to do it over and over and over again and you've got to fail at it. Um, And that's something I've had to learn like the really hard way of having to scrap basically a year's worth of work because I didn't structure it correctly. And I wrote myself a story that had characters that were vanilla because they never really encountered the correct amount of problems and I had a structure that was all over the place and you didn't really know who the main protagonist was and you didn't know the main goal and the characters never interacted with one another and it was just weird it was kind of like the ballad of Buster Scruggs but poorly done and so (laughs) it it just didn't work Um, and some of that was just because I didn't really know what I was doing and I had to learn from it and kind of avoid that at the second go at it and then hopefully the second go at it turns into something that's actually publishable right Okay, so you're sort of drawing a lot of your knowledge from this Save the Cat uh, book, and clearly there's there's multiple variations and things like that, but is that something you would like recommend, considering we are probably not as uh, factual or knowledgeable <laughs> as this book would, <laughs> would probably be? Would you recommend that? Um, or yeah, for sure. Or is it something... Okay, okay. Yeah, so like... The the thing for me that made it cool was just being able to see and kind of have it all broken down for me of like, okay, here's mm-hmm. here's what they're doing and here's how you can learn from it. Um, being able to not just like hear the same old regurgitated stuff about structure and like, okay, you need to insert this falling action. You need to insert the all is lost moment. Like being able to actually see examples of an author doing that of creating an all is lost moment of creating the conflict in the middle. Um, Mm -hmm. some of those things that are kind of more conceptual than they are reality sometimes when you're trying to figure all this stuff out. Uh, so it just kind of makes it practical and it also shows you the bunch of different ways it's done because it's really not done the same way twice. I mean, obviously you have like the backbone of, it's this quote unquote event, like all is lost may look completely different in five different stories, but it may all still Mm -hmm. be an all is lost moment. It just looks, sounds, feels completely different um, for that same story. But because, you know, just because of the way the thing is structured and, and knowing the structure, it can appear differently. It's one of those things like, you know, when you, when you are, you know, a photographer, a cinematographer or whatever, there's rules of composition that every, that Mm -hmm. you learn. And if you're a novice, you will break those rules, not because you're trying to say something, but because you just don't know any better. And the true pros are somebody that can understand the rules to the point that they can break them, but they're not breaking them just to do it. They're breaking them to say something or to create an effect an emotion, um, more than just like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Um, and that's, that's what these books 
and listening to lectures and things like that, that's what they can do is they can teach you kind of the brick and mortar stuff of telling stories so that you can get to a point where you can manipulate these structures and uh, you can get to a point where you're making them work for you instead of having to figure out like, okay, when do I need to do this? When do I need to do that? And it just takes time of doing it over and over and over again. Write a lot of scripts, tell a lot of stories, write a few short stories, write a novella, write a novel. And over time, you just kind of naturally figure it out. It's not something that you can really, I mean, people have a talent for it, obviously, but I feel like more often than not, it's just one of those things that you just kind of figure out over time. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. That, yeah, that makes sense. Um, what I'm curious about is like, if something, you mentioned breaking the rules, if something breaks the rules, quote, more uh, than a story that maybe seems more vanilla, is it going to be a better story or is that not really a clear-cut answer? No, I mean, take like Fight Club, for example. Um, that story is freaking weird because like you don't yes. really know <laughs> what's happening the whole time. And then at the end, you realize that like Edward Norton and Brad Pitt are the same person. And like if you're if you're following along, you can sort of figure this stuff out. But just the, you know, sometimes you you can break rules or you can subvert expectations, and it can be too much. And sometimes, uh, in the case of Fight Club, you can do it just just the right amount. And mm-hmm. I think with that story. I mean, that thing is just so off the wall. I don't even know if it's structurally different than anything else. It probably has that same backbone that every other story has. Um, but the the author, and it, have you ever seen an interview with that dude? That guy is out of his freaking mind. He is a weird dude. A weird no, dude. No, I have not. I didn't, even know if, I didn't even know Fight Club was based on a book. Yeah, Fight Club is based on a book by a dude named uh, Chuck Palahniuk or... Polynuke or something. I don't know. I don't know how you say his last name, but okay. I think I saw an interview with him on Joe Rogan or something, and I was like, frick, this dude is weird. That, Any, that anyway. tracks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it makes sense, right? Um, you know, but stuff like that. And it, and even when you get further into like experiment experimentation and like, you know, Haruki Murakami, for example, is a famous author that Sometimes his books can be considered almost experimental of like, there's not really much of a structure going on sometimes. And it can be weird for some people and some people can find it awesome. And they read his books for different reasons. They read his books for the language. They read his books for the cool characters or the feel or the tone or the mood. You know, like I like The Lighthouse because it's it, it feels fun or like Phantom Thread. That's a mood. But like the story itself is, I mean, it's fine. Um, it's a cool story, I guess, but it's about like a dressmaker in Victorian England. Like it's not, yeah. I don't know, it's not super crazy. Um, so it, it, it depends. It's sometimes it's like you sort of write what you would want to read. You, you would make stories that you would want to see on a screen or read in a, in a book. And some people's tastes are different than other people's and you just kind of figure it out as you go. Gotcha. Well, that is basically all I've got to ask. Is there anything else that you want to talk about or feel the need to let people know about uh, before we wrap up the episode? 
I know I talked about uh, Brandon Sanderson and his lectures online. If anybody's listened to this, and it's very possible nobody cares, but if anybody's listening to this <laughs> thinking like, okay, how do I how do I find more resources about this stuff that y'all are talking about? If you'll go on YouTube and just look up Brandon Sanderson, he's got so many lectures on YouTube um, of everything from like world building to plotting to outlining to um, character work, all these things that go into making a story essentially. Um, and they're, they're, I guess, targeted at people trying to write sci-fi fantasy stories and specifically writing novels. So, you know, just kind of know that it's going with that bend, but you can take that information and you can apply it to screenplays. You can apply it to short stories, novellas. Um, same thing with a guy named Taylor Mowry. Um, Mm -hmm. he has a YouTube channel as well that does the same thing, but it's targeted specifically at screenplays. Um, he's got videos about how to like, you know, get into Hollywood, how to structure stories in a five act structure, how to structure stories in a three act structure. Um, he also has a podcast called the writer's mind, which is pretty interesting where he kind of talks about some of the, I guess, thought processes behind why different story decisions are made and, and different things like that. So some of those resources would be cool for, for folks to check out. Well, sweet. Um, well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Rising Action Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Go check out the previous episode uh, that Josh and Seth did. Um, I haven't listened to it myself, but I've heard. Go listen. Good. Yeah. Good. yeah. Do what Josh said. Um, please <laughs> leave a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Um, and share it with your friends if you're listening anywhere else because Spotify doesn't have a review system. Because um, they're stupid. It is quite dumb. I don't know why they don't <laughs> have that, but whatever, I guess. Um, you can follow me uh, at Schradester8 on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Josh at Josh Johnson, possibly with two N's or possibly just one N, 98. <laughs> uh, and you can follow the podcast's Instagram at rising action underscore where we and by we I mean Josh makes some fantastic digital creations uh, and you can check out clips and stuff um, and maybe that's a good way to share something with your friend maybe you see a reel on there and you're like oh wow that I really like that I'm gonna send this to my friend and then your friend's gonna listen to this and they're gonna be like man who's this piss boy Josh Johnson guy <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, oh, but yeah that's all I got uh, did I Leave anything else out. No, that's great. Fantastic. Piss Boy out. Thank you for listening to another episode of Rising Action. You can follow us on Instagram at risingaction underscore, and we will see you in the next episode.